This is the AmbiView Audio Experience. Hey everybody, this is your man Tim, and today's episode is on the 40-hour work week. Once you clock in, you never clock out. We'll discuss the origins of the 40-hour work week, what it means to entrepreneurs and other workaholics, and conclude with three techniques to optimize your work week. So stick and stay, and let's get after it. Once you clock in, you never clock out. As children, we just get used to things. Cartoons, sleepovers, begging. They're all just acquired habits and the eight hour day is no different. It's been ingrained in us since childhood as a typical school day consisted of an eight hour block. You take eight hours a day, multiply by five days a week, and voila, you get the 40 hour full-time job that you enjoyed as a six year old while you still wet the bed. Fast forward to adulthood, and we find that the 40-hour work week is a relatively modern concept. Prior to this phenomenon, however, people often endured 100-hour work weeks, in which a tyrant effectively beat you into submission. Thankfully, we live in different times, but for many, the 40-hour work week is more of a cute concept that is far from reality. So today, we're gonna do three things and then get you on your way. Number one, we're gonna discuss the origins of the 40-hour work week. Number two, we're gonna talk about what it means to you, the entrepreneur, and for other workaholics out there. And number three, we're gonna provide three techniques for you to optimize your work week. So with that, it all started in the 1800s when activists and labor groups advocated for better working conditions. Unfortunately, no one cared because at the time, America was undergoing a transportation revolution and needed bodies to build. So nearly 50 years later, the newly formed National Labor Union tried again and asked Congress to mandate the eight-hour workday. Congress told them to kick rocks. The very next year, workers were finally fed up and organized a massive strike in Chicago on May 1st. This became known as May Day. Two years later, President Ulysses S. Grant gave eight-hour workdays to government employees in hopes that private industry would follow. They ignored him. So, after more strikes and demonstrations, and realizing that the average employee worked 100-hour work weeks, two major firms in the printing industry instituted the eight-hour workday. Railroads would follow a decade later, and then, in 1926, the godfather of the automobile, Henry Ford, instituted a 40-hour workweek policy. It's interesting to note that Ford did this because he needed employees to buy things. Think about it. If you're working all the time, then you cannot relax and go shopping to buy things. People needed time off to spend money, so Ford changed his policy. Congress passed the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938 for a 44-hour work week and an amendment two years later shortening it to 40 hours. And finally, by October of 1940, the eight-hour workday, 40-hour work week became the standard practice for industries across the world. For many, the 40-hour work week is a far cry from reality. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a highly vested employee, you're logging some serious time, both on the physical and the mental side of the house. 
You see, 40 isn't the new 30. 40 is the new 70. And that stands for 70 hours, baby, because you're gonna be working a lot. A lot, a lot. All right, I'm just kind of messing with you, but in reality, 40 hours is irrelevant because as an entrepreneur or a highly vested employee, you're simply gonna execute until the job is complete. What that means for you is the quantity of the hour's work doesn't necessarily matter. It's more about the effectiveness of the time and how you choose to spend it. You see, no one operates at peak productivity at all times. Everyone on occasion, you know, checks out. Oh, oh hold on, let me get this real quick. But you see those little micro distractions add up and deplete your 40 hours like it's nothing. That's all the physical side of the house. On the mental side of the house, once you clock in, you never clock out. Now this can be good and bad. Good because you're constantly engaged, thinking, strategizing, processing your next move, and hopefully self-aware of your actions. Now this can be bad if you haven't developed patience. Now for most people, in order to have a balanced life, you can't necessarily execute on everything immediately. This point is bigger than business because you can have it all, just not necessarily all at once. If you don't have patience and instead spend all of your time working on your business, then you directly sacrifice other potential growth areas in your life. It's absolutely not worth it. Because I'll tell you this, there is no nobility in a life that lacks growth. No matter who you are or what lies you choose to tell yourself, if you're stagnant, life is passing you by. I totally get it. You dream and visualize your business all day long. I'm right there with you. But the thing is, you can have it up here in your head and deep in here in your heart, but balance, that's the elixir that will make you successful. So what are a few techniques that can make your work week balanced and optimized? Number one, work in intervals or bursts. So think of 25 minutes on, five minutes off. This can not only focus your time, but also build in the occasional distraction. Think of a sprinter. When they run a race, they know that they have to burst until the finish line. So there's a specific time horizon that they're gonna expend all their energy and go all out. And then they'll rest at the end. This is the same approach. 25 minutes on, five minutes off, burst, rest to focus your productivity and it'll also build confidence and momentum for you going forward. Number two, share weekly plans with your family or team. This basically holds you accountable. If you say you're gonna do something, then just go ahead and do it. And it also helps you to gauge whether or not you're crazy. Are you putting too much on your plate? Is this not enough? Are you undercutting yourself? Are you setting yourself up for success? At the end of the day, when you share your plans, you solicit feedback from individuals who can help you to modify those plans, but also give you an opportunity to say, I'm gonna build in some of those distractions. I know that Wednesday I have a happy hour, so I'm gonna go very, very hard and burst through Wednesday. And then I'm gonna enjoy happy hour on Wednesday, and then Thursday might be an easy schedule for me. Think about that, 
holding yourself accountable, sharing your plans with your family, friends, team is gonna help you align your interests. And number three, plan for the week ahead to the best of your ability. This is more of a momentum play because clear goals are easier to achieve than less ambiguous ones. So think about this as a prioritization list. Um, key tasks, deliverables, results, anything that you want to achieve throughout this week, you can tick them off your list as you complete them. This A, builds momentum, and then B, helps to optimize your artificial 40-hour work week. Now let me throw it back your way for a little Q&A. To set the stage, our man Henry Ford not only pushed for the 40-hour work week, but he also famously more than doubled his employees' daily pay. Ford employees went from making $2.25 a day to $5 a day in 1914. And this was a very big deal back then and was driven by one key factor, turnover. Assembly line work at the factory took a tremendous toll on workers, and many of them would simply quit and walk away from the line to look for work elsewhere. Clearly, this negatively impacted production because people were no longer there, but it also increased Ford's costs because they had to spend time and money training a new person. Therefore, in order to reduce their high turnover, Ford increased daily pay, making it more attractive to remain with the company as opposed to seeking employment elsewhere. So, the question for you is, if you were a Ford employee back in the day, which policy would have been more meaningful to you? Doubling the pay rate or mandating the 40-hour work week? With that, my friends, it's been my pleasure and thank you for listening to this episode. As always, please remember to share it and follow us. Also, be sure to check out the video version of this episode on YouTube as we have some great visuals to drive these concepts home. Keep grinding, stay safe, and I'll see you next week. Your biggest fan, Tim.